is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor 2022 post-show live stream. I am JD from New York, as always, coming to you from the place everybody wants to be in the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday nights, wherever you may be, man. Can I just, I want to get this, I want to get this off my chest right at the top, man. I don't know if he had any part in creating the music, but I'm pretty sure he did. And he does a spectacular job with everybody's theme music in AEW. If that theme was written by Mikey Rockus for Samoa Joe, he has written one of the best bangers so far in all three years of AEW, man. Samoa Joe's theme is fucking great. I love that they kept the same type of vibe that we all loved in WWE, man. It, it, was, it was awesome. Samoa Joe is all elite. That is the big, big, big story that came out of Ring of Honor tonight. I was anticipating something happening at the end of the show because Tony Khan said, no, 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 don't go anywhere before the main event comes to a close because you're going to miss something very, very special. And I thought it was either going to be Cesaro or Samoa Joe. Seeing people tweeting about something potentially maybe happening at the end of the show. And I'm like, it would be a great deal for Samoa Joe to show up in Ring of Honor. And he absolutely showed up. He looks just as good as we remember him. And he looks like he's about to fucking kill somebody, man. And that's the Joe that we want to see on our televisions. And it's even better that he is with AEW. He's going to be working with Ring of Honor. He's going to have a live microphone on Wednesday night. And when Joe speaks, Joe is the type of guy where you drop your shit and you give that man your undivided attention, man. I... Loved Samoa Joe in NXT. I thought Triple H did a fantastic job with Samoa Joe in NXT. They somehow botched him on the main roster like they always do with everybody that they call up from NXT. They didn't value him. They fired him, moved him to commentary, then fired him. Triple H, day of, brought him back to NXT when Triple H still had some sort of power down there. Made him an in-ring performer. He won the NXT Championship from Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, And then he was moved to an executive role. 
had to vacate the title for bullshit reasons. We all know why he had to vacate the title, because he was a Triple H guy. Give me a break. They, they said something about COVID. It's always COVID. Vacated the title, held an executive position or a coaching position backstage, and then ultimately terminated along with Road Dogg and William Regal on what was a dark day for NXT. Pretty much all of Triple H's team was let go in the very same day, and now we see him back in professional wrestling with Ring of Honor, with AEW, closing out the show tonight on Supercard of Honor. I am super stoked about Samoa Joe, man. Super, super, super stoked. You're not going to find anybody as legit outside of a Brock Lesnar in the world of professional wrestling like Samoa Joe here in the States, man. He brings a level of legitimacy. He brings a level of realism. He brings a sense of, I'm going to fucking kill you, man. And that's exactly what we need on any professional wrestling show. WWE clearly didn't want it. Tony Khan scooped him up. And Jesus Christ, man, I, I, I don't know how anybody could look at Tony Khan's roster and not be impressed, man. Tony Khan has the best professional wrestling roster in the entire world, on the planet. It's amazing what he's assembled with AEW and now Ring of Honor, man. Samoa Joe back. I'm so stoked about it. It's going to be great. We'll find out more on Wednesday when he has a live microphone and he lets everybody know why he will be back in Ring of Honor and what his plan is moving forward. So that is exciting. FTR, man. FTR and the Briscoe brothers. I had the pleasure of calling a Briscoe's match with one half of the Lucha brothers. A House of Glory with my boy Solomonster at the last House of Glory show. It was my first in-person viewing of what the Briscoes are capable of, man. I knew they were good. I knew how good they were going into that. And I knew of what they were and who they were and their accolades and what they've meant to Ring of Honor. I knew they were one of the best tag teams on the face of the earth. This FTR match has been building and building and building to a fever pitch. And we didn't really know if it was ever going to happen. Them boys got in trouble, man. TNT don't want them on AEW Rampage. Time Warner Turner doesn't want them on any AEW programming whatsoever for comments that were made back in 2011, I believe. I think after tonight, I think many years have passed... And if Time Warner and Warner executives, Time Warner and Warner executives are looking at this match and uh, they're looking at the Briscoes and FTR and what this match was tonight with all these years that have passed, I honestly give them a second look and I give them a second chance. Now, with the outcome of this match tonight, we may actually see them end up in AEW. They did lose the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships tonight. They're not going to roam around GCW with the GCW Tag Team Championships for the rest of their career. They're not going to be House of Glory Tag Team Champions for the rest of their career. They are too good to not be on a major platform. FTR, prove to you that if you want to tell me face-to-face that FTR is the best tag team on the face of the earth, I would not question you and your opinion. This match tonight, and you know how much I love tag team wrestling, Tag team wrestling, when it is good, it is good. When it's great, it may be the best shit that you could possibly ask for on any pro wrestling show anywhere. 
This match tonight was absolutely fucking incredible to a point where I would absolutely urge you guys to go spend $30 to watch this match alone. This match was worth every fucking penny that I paid for this pay-per-view. $29.99 in HD, bought it on Verizon. Pay-per-view, traditional pay-per-view. Worth every fucking penny. Every penny. This may have been one of the best tag team matches that I've ever seen. This was one of the best crowds for a tag team match that I've ever seen. These are two of the very best at their craft in that ring tonight. And it will go down as one of the best tag team matches ever, period. And it will go down probably as match of the year. If nothing tops this, if nothing tops this, which I'm assuming with Tony Khan and AEW and Ring of Honor, something eventually is going to come close to it. Nothing is going to top it in WWE. I'll tell you that right now. But at the end of the year, if this is not in your top two or top three, you are a complete misinformed ghoul. This match was fucking incredible. Five stars easy, without even blinking, five stars. This match was incredible. And we're going to go over exactly why it was incredible. It even got a fuck WrestleMania chant, which was, in my opinion, one of the best things about the show. And if I was to tack on a half a star on top of those five stars, I absolutely would, just because of that chant. Match was so good that they got holy shit chants before we even rung the bell tonight. Incredible. Shout out to both teams and the job that they did. Unbelievable. Young Bucks showed up in Ring of Honor tonight. They made their return, even poked fun that they built Ring of Honor and they were the best tag team in the world and still are. And they went and left Ring of Honor and started AEW and then they came back to buy Ring of Honor. So... Young Bucks playing up their heel shtick. Gotta love those guys for the body of work that they've done. And we're getting the Young Bucks versus FTR for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships on Wednesday's Dynamite, man. If you if you don't watch Dynamite on a weekly basis, you're going to need to watch Dynamite on Wednesday. Samoa Joe and FTR versus the Bucks for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships? Why would you miss that show? Unbelievable. It's going to be unbelievable on Wednesday night. Jay Lethal. A lot of people. A lot of people were crying about Jay Lethal, man. Oh, Jay Lethal signed with Ring of Honor. Uh, Jay Lethal signed with AEW, rather. And he hasn't been used. He hasn't been given good creative. Tony Khan is wasting Jay Lethal. He appeared on Dark several times. He's lost three matches in AEW. No creative direction. All of a sudden, we get a promo from Jay Lethal on AEW Rampage. And he feels like he needs to make a change. He needs lo- he feels like he needs something to happen to pretty much kickstart his time in AEW. Something needs to change. He needs to start doing something a little bit different. This entire show was built around the ongoing story in AEW with Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal had a very good match with Lee Moriarty tonight. He won the match against traditional Ring of Honor, Honor Code. He gave Moriarty a low blow. One with a low blow, and then the lethal injection, and that was it. One, two, three. Jay Lethal, he pretty much, I don't don't want to say he turned heel at the end of the match because there were thank you lethal chants for some weird reason. But he did emit heel tendencies tonight. 
Sanjay Dutt was there, and he was in the ring and trying to calm him down. And all was seemingly calm up until the main event where Jay Lethal came out and challenged Jonathan Gresham as the first one to challenge him for the undisputed Ring of Honor Championship. Then they they got into a brawl, and then it was a two-on-one beatdown with Lethal and Sanjay, and and that was it at the end of the show. Moriarty came out, he got blasted, and then Samoa Joe came out to pretty much scare everybody off because that's exactly what Samoa Joe does. But Jay Lethal, man, I don't hear the people not crying about Jay Lethal. I don't need you to cry about Jay Lethal anymore, man. If you watch this show, you know that there are big plans for Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is going to fit like a glove in Ring of Honor. That is where he pretty much reigned his entire career. He's the franchise in Ring of Honor. Now he's taking this to AEW, and we see the storyline continuity here. This is great. So no more about Jay Lethal not being featured on AEW television. He's going to be featured, and it's going to be a very interesting storyline because at the end of this show, I want more Jay Lethal. I wanted more of him after what we saw of him and Moxley on on, on Dynamite, rather. And now with this storyline continuing into the Ring of Honor show tonight, I want more Lethal. I'm interested now more in Lethal than I was on Wednesday. Excellent, excellent stuff. Jonathan Gresham and Bandito, man. Got to give it to both guys. Gresham is a fucking savage in that ring. He is, he's pretty much exactly like Brian Danielson. Everything you love about Danielson, Jonathan Gresham possesses. Everything is just so smooth. Everything is just perfect when he's in there. Bandito, awesome. He killed it tonight. They both killed it in the main event. Wheeler Yuta continued his success. He wins the Ring of Honor Pure Championship tonight. Mercedes Martinez is the new Ring of Honor Women's Interim World Champion. She had a very good match against Willow Nightingale tonight. A lot of championships changed. A lot of championships changed hands. This is a new era for Ring of Honor, man. You may be upset that AEW came in and has taken all the titles away from all the Ring of Honor guys. But this is going to be the new start for Ring of Honor, and I couldn't have asked for anything better. Everybody that you saw tonight is going to be on Ring of Honor, and there are going to be people still coming on in that you've seen on Dark that are going to help out with Ring of Honor and make it what it really is going to need to be for AEW. Rumor it was going to be a a developmental system for Tony Khan and AEW. That's exactly the vibe that I'm going to be getting coming out of this show. And I say that not as a disrespectful way. There's nothing wrong about being a developmental. Because that's exactly what Tony Khan should be using Ring of Honor for. The best way for me to put the vibe about this show tonight was it almost felt like the beginning stages of NXT 1.0. And NXT 1.0, when Triple H, when Paul Levesque was in charge and he really got the wheels rolling with NXT 1.0, it was the Ring of Honor model. He just had the big budget that WWE provided him. He had all the glitz and the glam and the fucking spotlights, and he had all the uh, all the makings of a major promotion. He, he worked with everything that WWE provided him and made NXT into a fucking mega super indie. 
but they operated for the most part in the beginning stages out of Full Sail University. Watching this Ring of Honor show tonight, it reminded me of the beginning stages of what we fell in love with, with Triple H in charge of NXT. Ring of Honor is going to be that NXT 1.0 that you and I sorely and dearly miss. That's the vibe I got tonight. And if that's the model that Tony Khan runs with, with this new era in Ring of Honor, there's no better model to run with. None. Use it as a developmental. Use it to get people on dark, more shine. Use it to get those stars that you want to feature on Dynamite but can't right now because of everything that's going on. Have them build their resume. Have them give them that foundation. Have them work on that canvas. And then make themselves into superstars so that you look at them and you can get them on Dynamite. One by one. It's going to be a great, great era for Ring of Honor. That's the vibe I got tonight. And there's no better vibe for that. Now, what do we do with Ring of Honor? I mean, after tonight, I'm sure everybody wants to see this shit on television. Whether Tony Khan gets a streaming deal, whether it's HBO Max, Hulu, Amazon, I don't know who he's talking to, Netflix. I don't know where AEW is going to get their streaming deal from. Because that's exactly what Tony Khan's working on. It's going to take a little bit. It's not a decision that's going to be made overnight. But that's exactly where he's going. He wants to build the entire AEW catalog. And Ring of Honor is going to be a very big part of that. You now know why Tony Khan signed everybody that he did. For all the people asking, why is Tony Khan operating with such a bloated roster? All these financial advisors worrying about... Tony Khan and his spending habits. Why is he bringing in this one? Why is he bringing in that one? This one, that one. Now you see. Tony Khan has a vision. LTB, long-term booking. I don't say it because it sounds good. I don't say it because it sounds cool. Tony Khan had a vision, and he's executing that vision. Everybody that you want more TV time for on Dynamite, you're going to be seeing him in Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor is going to be a very integral part of the growth, the continued growth of AEW. What do we do with Ring of Honor? I want to see it on television. After tonight, I absolutely want to see it on television. Absolutely. This is not the last pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. What do we do? I'm telling you what Tony Khan should do right now. Every major AEW pay-per-view, whether it happens on a Saturday or a Sunday, the day before, Needs to be a Ring of Honor show, man. Ring of Honor and AEW need to be joined at the hip. Every major AEW weekend, we only get four a year, and you know how great they are, man. Every pay-per-view that AEW puts on, for the most part, is a fucking certified banger. This needs to be exactly the model that WWE had with NXT. NXT always followed a major WWE pay-per-view, Royal Rumble, there was a takeover. WrestleMania, there was a takeover. Money in the Bank, they did add uh, a takeover to when NXT got big. Survivor Series, SummerSlam, there were four or five takeovers per year. They need to do the same thing with Ring of Honor. Every revolution, Ring of Honor. Every double or nothing, Ring of Honor. Every all-out, Ring of Honor. Every full gear, Ring of Honor. That's exactly what I would do. 
That's exactly the way I would operate Ring of Honor. Make it a destination weekend for AEW. If that is the road that Tony Khan goes down, you may be looking at the best wrestling weekends in the United States that we may have ever seen. That's the model that he needs to do. That takeover model accompanying those major shows for WWE was perfect. In some cases, those shows were better than the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, and Survivor Series. Those shows could do no wrong. And with Tony Khan's creative and Tony Khan, the way he's operated so far in the three years with AEW and what he's done for us tonight, I can see the same thing happening. This was a tremendous night for professional wrestling. Tony Khan deserves a hell of a lot of credit for putting together a card when people did not think this show was about to take place. Nobody knew about Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor. He bought Ring of Honor, said everybody publicly, this show is still happening. I'm going to put together a card that's going to make you guys very happy. And he absolutely fucking killed it tonight. Massive W for Tony Khan. This show was great. We're going to go over everything tonight, guys. We're going to go over the debut of Samoa Joe. We're going to go over the great match with FTR and Dem Boys, the Briscoes. And we're going to go over Tully Blanchard's new group. Now led by Brian Cage. Awesome stuff there, man. Exactly what I was hoping for. Brian Cage back on Ring of Honor television. Now managed by Tully Blanchard. That may be the thing that kickstarts his career. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me, man. We got 1,800 people in the venue for a Ring of Honor pay-per-view post-show, man. You guys are fucking awesome. What a great way to start the weekend, man. It's going to be a very busy weekend here on Off The Scripts. I'm here live tonight. We'll probably go two hours deep. Going to get some rest. Gonna wake up early, attack Saturday morning. NXT stand and deliver. I'll be watching. I'll be live after the show is over. If you guys care to be in the venue for happy hour. We'll be live for that. And then I'll get a little rest. And then we go right into WrestleMania night one, man. I'll be live immediately after WrestleMania night one. Live immediately after WrestleMania night two, man. Make sure you guys are here in the venue for off the script. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206, that's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Tons of content on there, man. Podcasts this week, live streams this week, video game content for WWE 2K this week. You guys got a little bit of everything on the channel. Hit that thumbs up. 638 likes in the chat. Let's try for a 1,000 minimum today for the Ring of Honor Super Card of Honor post show. Super chats are open. I see a bunch of people already. We got a $100 bomb already before the stream even started. Real Metalhead 21 with a $100 super chat. Thank you so much, brother. Get them on in. You guys let me know what you think of tonight's show. Tony Khan's first for ROH. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the exclusive home of Off The Script. Bonfire.com. 
And make sure you guys check out my sponsor for tonight's show. That's Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout. For your free sample, all you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, man. Awesome stuff there. I want to thank them for always being a great friend and a sponsor right here on Off The Script. Now, I didn't realize the pre-show started at 7 o'clock, so I missed half of the pre-show. I caught up with the second half of the pre-show at 7.30. I purchased the pay-per-view myself on my Verizon cable box. And I ordered it through traditional pay-per-view because I am not a fan of Fight TV and their service. So I ordered it on traditional pay-per-view and the pre-show kind of came in at 7.30 for me. I didn't realize that it started at 7 o'clock. So we got some matches on the pre-show. We're going to go over these very quickly before we get into the main card. Colt Cabana, he defeated Blake Christian in the first match of the Supercard of Honor pre-show. We had AQA... She was also featured on AEW Dynamite not too long ago in a match against Jake Cargill, the current TBS champion. She defeated Miranda Elise. And then we got, this is where I actually picked up and started to watch the pre-show. Tully Blanchard came out and he is now operating under this Enterprise, this Tully Blanchard Enterprise, TBE, I believe he's calling it, comes out, and we got Shinobi Shadow Squad, we got Eli Izam and Cheeseburger, and they're awaiting their opponents, and their opponents were Khan and Toa Leona. They are called the Gates of Agony. And when I see these guys, I'm like, wow. These guys look absolutely incredible together. They look fucking fantastic together. Khan, I've watched here and there on Dark. Uh, the last time I saw him on Dark, I believe Jesse told me to go out and watch some of his stuff on Dark. Jesse, my co-host on Wednesday nights when we do the AEW Dynamite post-show. I watched Khan wrestle a match with Andrade, I believe, and then I watched Khan wrestle a match with Adam Cole. And just by physical appearance alone, Khan looks like a fucking beast. Number one. Number two, he is not all that bad in the ring at all. In fact, he has the makings of possibly the next big thing if AEW wants to give him some time to shine, which they are going to give him within Ring of Honor. Now, Toa, Toa Leona here, I mean, I don't know if you guys felt the same way that I did, but I got major, major Umaga vibes from Leona. And that's not a bad comparison. That's not a bad thing at all, man. The size of Leona and the size of Khan managed by Tully Blanchard, this is a winning combination, man. They got the look down. They look like fucking superstars. With the leadership of Tully Blanchard, man, this is going to take them to that next level. Whatever that next level is, it's going to take them to that next level. So these guys absolutely squashed Cheeseburger and Eli here. He came out, introduced his new tag team to Tully Blanchard, the Gates of Agony. So Blanchard taunted Cheeseburger on the outside. Cheeseburger super kicked Khan before Eli blind tagged in. 
Leona hit a pounce on Cheeseburger before hitting a Samoan spike on Eli, leading to Khan to get the one, two, three, and the victory here. Tully grabbed the microphone. This was a basic squash match just to show off the power and the size of these two guys. Tully grabbed the microphone at the end of the match and said that he was going to introduce the third member of Tully Blanchard Enterprises during the main Supercard of Honor show. I kind of had a feeling that it was going to be who it was tonight, and I'm glad that it is who it was tonight, and we'll talk about that when we get to that specific part of the show. But these guys, man, them getting some work on Dark, Khan getting some work on Dark, and now we got uh, Toa Leone here, them getting a platform within Ring of Honor to do their thing. This is the type of opportunity, this is the type of Ring of Honor that we need to see. These guys that are obviously still rough around the edges and they are legit in their appearance. They are too good to just pass on and leave on dark. They're going to have a nice foundation on Ring of Honor TV to get to that next level, man. This is exactly what Ring of Honor is going to be utilized at, and that's a beautiful thing. Just another stage, another another spotlight for these up-and-coming talents to get themselves over and get their reps in, man. It's going to be awesome. Very much looking forward to seeing what Tully Blanchard has in store for all three of his new associates on Ring of Honor television. Dalton Castle. Not a big fan of Dalton Castle, man. You guys may not like that. You guys may think differently about Dalton Castle. I'm not a big fan of the gimmick. I'm not a big fan of the shtick. He went one-on-one with Joe Hendry tonight. Not really all that familiar with Joe Hendry, but he looks like a rough and tough son of a bitch. Match wasn't bad, but again, I'm not really all that interested in what Dalton Castle has to offer. So he came out. Dalton Castle's got this very flamboyant uh, gimmick. He is very over the top with it. Uh, I believe some of what we saw with Patrick Clark in NXT, there was some influence there from Dalton Castle. Just kind of the thing that I picked up on far on uh, as far as similarities go when I was watching the Velveteen Dream operate in NXT. I see where he gets some of that flamboyance from. I see where he got some of that influence from directly from Dalton Castle. Comes out with these servants, per se. I did like the part where Dalton Castle uses these servants as steps to get into the ring. I like that part of it. I think it's kind of cool that he's got the servants on the outside. They played their part very well, some better than others. So they're in the middle of the ring, Hendry and Castle, and they're exchanging some technical wrestling exchanges in the middle of the ring, trying to one-up each other. Hendry was obviously the bigger of the two, using his strength to send Castle to the outside. Castle, at one point, did uh, a couple of laps around the ring with all of his chickens. He calls these servants his chickens, running around with him from behind, around ringside. So he did laps around the ring with his chickens, and then he did an ankle pick on Hendry, getting in the ring and kind of, and kind of getting in there and surprising him at the last second. Castle hit a DDT on Hendry, then a splash for a two-count. Castle did a gator roll. Hendry grabbed the ropes to break that up. Moving along here, Hendry comes back after being beaten down for a little bit. Hendry hit a tilt-a-whirl sidewalk slam for a two. Castle went for another knee in the corner. Hendry dodged, and Castle crashed to the floor on the outside. 
managed to get up and hit a Rana on the floor. Castle hit a corner knee and a bulldog for a near fall. Hendry caught Castle and hit a huge one-handed bomb uh, for a two-count. Castle counted and hit a bangerang for the one, two, three, his finishing move, and that was pretty much it. Decent little match. It was the final match that ended the pre-show, and we move on to the main card where we get the opening match of Swerve Strickland versus Alex Zane. I was looking forward to this match. I heard a lot of good things about Alex Zane. And obviously, Swerve is fantastic at what he does. I like the match. I thought the match was very good. I thought the match was a great open for the show tonight. The match itself was fine outside of a couple of clunky spots to me that I don't really know if it's still ring rust on Swerve. I don't know if it was some sort of miscommunication on Swerve and Zayn missteps, little miscommunication here and there, whatever it was, it was minor. At the end of the match, when the match was over, I said, this was a damn good match, minus the little, the botchiness here and there, and these two guys absolutely killed it. And they went into the final five or six minutes or so. The final five or six minutes, man, really made you kind of forget about the clunkiness and the, and, and the minor missteps in the beginning of the match. The final five or six minutes were absolutely fucking fantastic, man. The crowd was kind of lukewarm up until about the final five or six minutes, and then they just came alive, came to their feet, man. These two guys wowed the crowd with their athleticism and some incredible big spots to close this match out. Swerve and Zayn started the match. It started fast, and then it kind of slowed down a little bit. They were countering each other a couple of times. Zayn caught Swerve with a drop down and hit a senton for a two count. Zayn went for a flipping hurricanrana on Swerve, who was on the top rope, but Swerve caught him, hit a TKO off the top rope, and that actually landed Zayn on the ropes, bounced up and down on the ropes. Zayn threw Swerve onto the top rope and hit a rana this time before hitting a flipping kick to the back of Swerve's neck. Swerve in a knee, and... Then he hit a big stomp to the back of Zayn's knee. Swerve hit a drop kick to the knee again, working on the knee, locking on the half crab, working on the knee. That was the target of Swerve for the match. Zayn dodged a basement drop kick, flipped into the ring off the apron. His knee buckled. He's selling the knee. Swerve cut him off. He went for a dive. Zayn countered and did a... And this was the start of everything that came down in the final five or six minutes. They were both on the apron, and Zayn hit a poison rana, a reversed poison rana off the apron on Swerve that looked fucking brutal, man. Holy shit. This was the start of everything towards the end of the match. Poison rana off the apron to the floor. Both men are out. Absolutely crazy. Zayn hit the crunch wrap supreme, is what he calls it, on Swerve for a two count. Swerve went back to the knee to stop Zayn before hitting a flatliner, and then Swerve hit the big stomp off the top for a two-count. Zayn hit a pop-up knee, went for his side slam, Swerve rolled through, hit a double stomp right onto Zayn's knee, and then he hit him with the JML driver, which looked fucking nasty on Zayn. One, two, three, and Swerve Strickland gets the victory here over Alex Zayn in the open of Ring of Honor Supercard. 
It's amazing to me, man. You know, I, I watch Swerve, and I look at him come out, and the crowd is so into him. They're chanting, whose house? Swerve's house. Whose house? Swerve's house. Mega over with the fans. No matter where he goes, no matter who he's wrestling, mega over. He looks like money. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm watching him here tonight, I'm watching him against Tony Nese on... Rampage, and then I watch him against Ricky Starks on Rampage. Excellent matches there with both of those guys. How did WWE fuck him up? How did WWE fuck up Shane Strickland? Or in their eyes, Isaiah Swerve Scott. It's amazing how WWE thinks that they have an eye for talent, but they don't know fucking anything. And it was right within their grasp. They let not only Swerve go, but they let all of Hit Row go without even giving them a chance. And of all the people that you let go, of all the people you let go, you let Swerve go. This guy could easily, this guy, the way he works in the ring, could easily be at the top of anybody's show anywhere. I don't know how you botch somebody with the potential of Swerve Strickland. And now he's Tony Khan's problem. Now he's got Dynamite. Now he's got Rampage. Tony Khan is going to allow him to do whatever he wants as long as he approves it. And as long as it's within the boundaries of AEW, he's going to hopefully do his music career still. You know, he's a very talented musician as well. There was rumor before Swerve even signed that there was mega interest in AEW bringing him in. And Time Warner wants to have him appear on some some programming on, on their network. So there's going to be opportunities outside the world of professional wrestling. Why why does everybody but WWE see the potential in people like that? I wanted him to succeed on the major stage. I remember when he first showed up in NXT. I remember him in his days in Lucha Underground showing up in NXT. He didn't really feel special until Hit Row came along. He finally found a purpose with Hit Row. Then they make the main roster. I get upset because they got called up too quick because I knew exactly what Bruce Pritchard was going to do to them. Everybody blasted me for it. And then they were let go. And we missed out on mega potential on WWE television. But now he's Tony Khan's problem. Very good match between these two guys. Swerve is going to be something special in AEW, man. If he wants to do some Ring of Honor stuff, clearly... I don't think anybody has a problem with him working Ring of Honor shows and welcoming welcoming him back to ROH. Good stuff here to open the show. Tully Blanchard came out. The third man was about to be introduced. Ninja Mac. Not very familiar with Ninja Mac. I know Ninja Mac, uh, I know he's uh, a viral indie sensation. I know he's worked with uh, other independent promotions such as GCW. Didn't really get to see a lot of Ninja Mac tonight because Tully Blanchard issued the third man to the ring. And his third man was Brian Cage, the machine. Brian Cage is back with Ring of Honor. There was a reason why Tony Khan gave Brian Cage another one-year extension on his expiring AEW contract. Everybody was wondering, why did Tony Khan just sign Brian Cage when we haven't seen Brian Cage on television since October? 
I said it when I reported the news. If Tony Khan, who is very mindful of who he's bringing in and who he wants to bring in and who he's letting go and not resigning, if Tony Khan signed willingly Brian Cage to a one-year extension, I said it then, Tony Khan probably has a plan for somebody like Brian Cage, whether that's on AEW TV, Dynamite, or, or Rampage, or with now Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor, he fit in like a glove with Ring of Honor. This was a squash. The machine, Brian Cage, is back dominating, and he squashed Ninja Mac in about five minutes. Brian Cage is moving to Ring of Honor. He's now being managed by Tully Blanchard, and I think he's going to fit in well with Ring of Honor. I think he's going to establish himself the way he envisioned with Ring of Honor, and he's going to build himself up like the machine we know he can be because if you watch his impact work, you know what the guy's capable of. And Tully Blanchard, having the microphone to speak for Brian Cage, is not a bad thing at all. It's not a bad thing at all. So Ninja Mac tried to hit this space-flying tiger drop, and Cage caught him and powerbombed him on the apron to start the match. So right from the top, he dove over the top, got caught, powerbomb on the apron, goodbye. Cage hit several lariats in the corner on Ninja Mac in the ring before continuing to beat him down. Cage hit several German suplexes, legitimately launching this guy into the air sky high and dropping him down on his neck. Mac tried to come back with the spinning kick. Cage just caught him and eventually nailed him with his finish, the drill claw for the one, two, three, absolutely spiking Ninja Mac for the one, two, three. Excellent, excellent move. And then at the end of the match, we got Leona and we got Khan. And we got Brian Cage all standing together with Tully Blanchard in the background. The makeup of this group is fucking dominating, man. This is a formidable trio right here in Ring of Honor. And this is a great move for Brian Cage, man. If he wanted a restart, this is the best possible restart for Brian Cage. Tully is your mouthpiece. TV time with Ring of Honor. Build yourself up. Establish yourself up. Make Tony Khan force you on Dynamite because of the work that you're doing here. This is a new lease on life. And I think the way Brian Cage has been wanting TV time, he's going to fucking kill it. This is the perfect opportunity to get him to that next level where he thinks he deserves to be. He's going to go out there and kill it. And he's going to take notice or he's going to have Tony Khan take notice. And he's going to eventually make his way back to AEW. This is a great foundation for him to do what he needs to do. Excellent Excellent move. Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal was up next. He went one-on-one with Lee Moriarty. I'm not a big fan of Lee Moriarty. I don't know what everybody else sees in Lee Moriarty. Fantastic wrestler, don't get me wrong. But I I don't get the, the entire vibe of Lee Moriarty. He just looks like a, a random indie wrestler with no real charisma. Then we got Jay Lethal, who is the franchise of Ring of Honor, one of the best in all of AEW. One of the best in the world, Jay Lethal. Put Jay Lethal in against anybody, man, going to be a certified banger. I was intrigued by this match because of the video packages that we saw. 
Clearly, they were building a student versus teacher dynamic between Lee Moriarty and Jay Lethal. And Moriarty has had several opportunities to really get himself over and get some work in with some major, major names. He worked with CM Punk. He worked with Brian Danielson. He's worked with a lot of top-tier guys in AEW so far. So I was intrigued by this match because of the student and teacher dynamic. And I love a good student versus teacher dynamic as far as the story is concerned for a pro wrestling match. So I was open to this and I was open to see where this would go. And at the end of it all, Lee Moriarty played the role of the student here and played it very well. Played it very well. And I love the fact of the whole student-teacher dynamic and commentary mentioning it, which, by the way, I have to mention, the commentary team for Ring of Honor is excellent. Excellent. Ian Riccoboni is fucking great. I love him. I think he does a fantastic job. And whoever his color commentator was tonight, he was also very good, man. I could listen to them every week if Ring of Honor is going to be back on, on television on a weekly basis. I thought they did a fantastic job. And I love the whole dynamic of this match because Lee Moriarty went into there knowing Jay Lethal, studying Jay Lethal, and every time Jay Lethal did something, he had the move scouted. He knew it was coming before Jay Lethal even did it. When Jay Lethal was about to do something, Lee Moriarty knew what was coming, and he knew how to handle himself, move out of the way, counter, and evade whatever offense Jay Lethal was about to do. This all obviously led to Jay Lethal getting frustrated. A frustrated Jay Lethal is the Jay Lethal that we've seen on AEW television for the last couple weeks. A frustrated Jay Lethal pretty much proclaiming that changes need to be made. What those changes are going to be, Caprice Coleman, he's fucking awesome. Thank you, chat. What those changes are going to be for Jay Lethal, I don't know, but we found out that Jay Lethal is so fucking frustrated that he's going to do whatever it takes, whatever he's got to do to win a match because he's tired of losing and he does not want to be upset by uh, a kid, a student here who admired him growing up and used him as influence. He doesn't want to be a stepping stone when he himself still has so much more to prove in not only AEW, but now, tonight, in Ring of Honor. So the story of the match was really, really good. For a match that was kind of just put on the card because Jay Lethal is Ring of Honor and this is a great foundation, a great platform for Lee Moriarty to get some more work and work with somebody like Jay Lethal and work in front of this Ring of Honor crowd. For a match that was just thrown together for this show, it ended up being one of the best things on the entire show. So both men, they shook hands before Lethal obviously got frustrated. And Moriarty and Lethal exchanged some great chain wrestling at the starts. Very slow, very methodical. They were going tit for tat. Nothing overly impressive here. They were just feeling each other out. And, you know, this led to Jay Lethal becoming very, very frustrated. He started to show a little bit more edge, did Lethal. Shoving Moriarty, getting frustrated. Some forearm shots. Every attempt to get the advantage over Moriarty was countered, and this frustrated Jay Lethal more and more throughout the match. Moriarty was doing all these little things to just upset him, and he was always one step ahead. Lethal finally found something that would work to his advantage. 
he started to attack Moriarty's knee, hitting a knee crusher, dragon screw leg whip, working on the leg. Lethal was getting a little bit more vicious as the match went on. Lethal hit a springboard drop kick. He hit two dives on the outside, which I think Jay Lethal has some incredible suicide dives to the outside. And he got cut off on the third one, but Moriarty tried for a dive of his own in the ring, but the knee gave out. The knee would not let him run, so good on Moriarty for selling that knee like a pro. That didn't stop him from uh, getting the attack on Lethal. Both men spilled to the floor. Lethal continued to kick and attack the knee back in the ring, stomping Moriarty several times. Moriarty finally starts to make a comeback, hitting some forearm shots. Hammerlock clothesline. He goes for a cover. One, two, only gets a two count. Lethal went for a superplex, but Lee Moriarty shoved him off. Lethal then pulled Moriarty from the ropes before hitting a lethal combination. He goes for a quick cover, only gets a two. Lethal then tried to go for the figure four. Moriarty fought out of it. Ate a super kick and a cutter. Lethal hit Hail to the King. Moriarty caught him. Cradled Lethal for a two count. Moriarty counted. Everything Lethal tried to do, Moriarty counted. Pinfall attempts, a figure four counter, a lethal injection counter. Moriarty pulled the apron into the ring when he counted the figure four. And the referee was putting it back at that point. But the referee, seeing the ring apron in the ring because Moriarty was holding on to it for dear life, lethal low-blowed Moriarty behind the referee's back. Crowd erupted in booze. He hit the lethal injection. Nobody kicks out of the lethal injection. One, two, three, and that was it. Matt Seidel came in, and he was protesting that Jay Lethal cheated because he was out there with Lee Moriarty. Lethal, this was great. Um, Mr. Seidel was on crutches, and Jay Lethal kicked the crutch out from Matt Seidel. More booze. Seidel fell to the mat. Lethal put the boots to him. Sanjay Dutt, who was sitting in the crowd, ran in, who's one of Lethal's best friends, by the way. They mentioned this several times on the show over 20 years. Came in and tried to talk some sense into him. Lethal yelled at him, started shoving him, and he left the area to what was a 50-50 split. There were a chorus of boos, and then there was some thank you lethal chants. I guess nobody really liked Matt Seidel being there. I I don't know. But this was, I want to say, a heel turn, but we didn't really know it was a full heel turn until the end of the match, or until the end of the show. At the end of this match, it was maybe, is he going heel or is he not going heel? But at the end of the show, it really came full circle, and we got our definitive answer on Jay Lethal, who definitely, by the end of the night, is 100% heel in Ring of Honor. And I would be very sad to not see this continue on Dynamite. I hope we get some continuity from what we see here with Jay Lethal moving on into AEW television, and we see this Jay Lethal, this intense, frustrated, anything to win Jay Lethal. I think it's great. Our first come down match of the night. Mercedes Martinez. She went one on one with Willow Nightingale. This was for the interim Women's World Championship of Ring of Honor. I said this on one of my off the scripts leading up to this show this week. And I don't fault Tony Khan for doing an interim. We don't really know 
what Deanna Perrazzo's schedule is going to look like when she's going to be available, when she's going to be able to actually defend that championship. It may be a while. She does have commitments to other promotions. She is world champion in other promotions. She works mainly out of Impact Wrestling. So we don't know when she's going to be available for Ring of Honor. We don't know when Ring of Honor's next show is going to be. I don't fault Tony Khan for doing the interim thing. But I would not be surprised if we see Deanna Perrazzo fairly, fairly soon. In any capacity. I would, I would have not have done an interim championship here. I, I would have not done an interim championship. The last time we saw an interim championship on AW television is when Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara wrestled in a fantastic ladder match. One of the best ladder matches on North American soil happened on AEW Dynamite with Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. That's the last time we saw an interim champion. I, I, I don't really feel like we even needed it then. But I kind of had a sense that Tony Khan was going to do something very old school and that he wanted to do something special with the TNT Championship that really paid homage to the ladder match that started it all, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. That's exactly what we got. It lasted three weeks. Cody Rhodes had to be out for, what, a week? He, he got COVID. They made a, a secondary title. Two TNT titles. Interim champion. Sammy wins it. Sammy wins the ladder match. Same thing happened here. We get an interim champion for the women's championship. Why? I honestly think the interim champion and the interim championship is a crutch. And sometimes I don't think it's needed. If a champion, and the only way it works, it's not going to work if somebody's going to be out a week, like Cody Rhodes. Or it's not going to work in this sense when Deanna Perrazzo is working Impact and she's working Mexico and she's doing whatever else she's got to do. She's the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. We don't know when the next Ring of Honor show is going to be. We did not need an interim women's champion so soon. I feel like it's just a crutch. The only way it works is if someone is going to be out. And typically the pro wrestling book says if, uh, if a champion doesn't defend their title in 30 days, then they may be stripped of the championship. If someone is injured or someone can't compete for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, and they're out that amount of time, then I could see an interim champion working until that champion comes back because management at that point has to do something. All right, you're hurt, and you're going to be out just a little bit past the 30 days where you have to defend your championship, but being that you're going to exceed the 30-day, you know, cutoff mark, we're going to have to strip you of the championship. We're going to have an interim champion. So then we have a champion versus champion match, and that's the only way I feel like it would work. If the champion is going to be out, you know, a little bit more than the allotted time for the 30 days, you could make it work. But, you know, a one-week reign for Cody Rhodes, one-week injury for Cody Rhodes not going to work. We didn't need it then, and we don't need it now. This match should have been a number one contender women's championship match, and the winner of this match faces Deanna Perrazzo whenever Deanna Perrazzo sets foot in a Ring of Honor ring. How was that? We, this did not need to be a championship match. This could have been uh, the, the, the token women's match on the show, and that's it. We didn't need a champion to be crowned. There was four other championship matches, and this one did not need to be for a championship in Ring of Honor. The match was fine. 
Both ladies absolutely killed themselves tonight. And Mercedes Martinez, let me tell you something, man. She is one tough son of a bitch. She is a tough cookie, man. Holy shit. She got some bumps done to her tonight, one of which off a moonsault where I legitimately thought she caved her chest in. And she got up and continued the match and finished the match. That's a tough woman, man. Holy shit. Match was fine. The one thing I did not like about this match is the crowd was pretty much dead for it. The crowd was pretty much silent from most of this match outside of a a big spot here or a big spot there. That was it. And it was kind of disappointing because, you know, this is a Ring of Honor Women's Championship match interim, and the crowd didn't really seem to care all that much until Mercedes Martinez won the match and won the championship. So that was the only thing for me that brought it down. And this was the come the come down match because after we got you know Jay Lethal and, and the big match with uh, him and Moriarty and the big heel turn and we got the Swerve match to open the show and Brian Cage coming out this was clearly slotted in a position on the show where it was definitely a come down match because the match following this was the tag team title match between FTR and the Briscoe brothers. So Mercedes Martinez wins the interim Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Uh, Nightingale and Martinez exchanged some technical wrestling at the start of the bell. And Martinez was able to hit two butterfly suplexes and then a full Nelson submission. Martinez locked on a dragon sleeper. Nightingale managed to get out and hit two lariats. Martinez hit a co-breaker and a flying knee. She went for her cover of a two-count only. Martinez went for the fisherman buster, but Nightingale hit a super kick, and both women fell to the mat. They exchanged kicks on the ground and exchanged some forearm standing. Nightingale was firing up. Nightingale managed to hit a pounce and a big cannonball in the corner. Martinez seemed a bit out of it, and she was out of position on the pinfall. She got back up and tried to hit the OG drop on Nightingale, which is, it looked like uh, she was going for like a razor's edge. And she tried to hit what she calls the OG drop on Nightingale in the middle of the ring, but Nightingale kicked out, and the crowd woke up. Started to finally get into it towards the last couple minutes of the match. Nightingale hit a charge. Martinez was in a tree of woe and then followed up with a moonsault. Martinez kicked out of the moonsault. Nightingale coming off the top rope. She's not a small woman. Nightingale coming off the top rope with a nicely executed moonsault. Still better than Charlotte Flair. Nicely executed moonsault. Her knees... Right directly into Mercedes' chest. Looked like she caved Mercedes' chest in. She looked like it just sucked all the wind out of her. And I was kind of concerned. And she had this look on her face like she was in serious pain. So Nightingale went for the cover. And she did kick out, did Mercedes. So after the moonsault, she recovered. And she locked in a sleeper. And that was pretty much it. Dragon Sleeper, modified Dragon Sleeper for Mercedes Martinez and Willow Nightingale tapped out. And Mercedes Martinez wins the interim Ring of Honor Women's Championship. So whenever Deanna Perrazzo gets into Ring of Honor, man, we're looking at a Deanna Perrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez one-on-one match. That's something that should be really good. And Ian Riccoboni on commentary said that Mercedes Martinez already owns a victory over Deanna Perrazzo. So that's going to be really good. Really awesome. 
This is where everybody completely woke up in the middle of the show, man. This was incredibly special. FTR and the Briscoe boys, Jay and Mark Briscoe for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. This match was absolutely incredible. I'm not even going to go over it all because there's no fucking way I could do it justice. None. This reminded me of what I loved about everything Triple H did in NXT, man. It reminded me of those great NXT TakeOver Tag Team matches that we got. Legitimately, you, you, you could have taken any one of those matches and this resembled that. I'm looking at FTR, and I'm, I'm asking myself, th- these guys were once in NXT. They made the main roster, and I'm asking myself, why did they not seem like a bigger deal in WWE? WWE hates tag team wrestling. There's no fucking way you could look at Dax and Cash and look at them and not realize that they're fucking masters of their craft. They are one of, if not the best tag team in the world right now. Always have been. They were, they, they've been top three for years. WWE never noticed that. When they left WWE, it was the best thing that they've ever done. Now look at them. Look at the notoriety that they're getting. Look at the fucking tag teams that they're working with. Look at the body of work that not only them as a tag team have done, but look at the body of work that Dax has done as a single. Dax is an incredible wrestler. They got that old school vibe but they know how and what works in the new school. And everything that they do is just flawlessly executed, man. They are such a beautiful tag team. It is a crime that WWE doesn't embrace tag team wrestling. It really is. When tag team wrestling is good, it's good. When it's great, like it was tonight, when it's fantastic, like it was tonight, it's the best thing that you could possibly ever ask for. I love tag team wrestling. And this was the definitive fucking thing that tag team wrestling is to everybody. Why we love tag team wrestling so much. This match. Now, I don't know what you guys think. This match was fucking great. Was it better? The other tag team match that I remember falling in love with as soon as it was over. And I went back and watched it a couple more times because it was that good. Was this better than the Young Bucks... Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman page tag team match from Revolution a couple of years ago. Did it rival that match? Maybe as far as sound and stage in front of that crowd at Revolution, because there was only about 1,700 people here in attendance for Ring of Honor. But as far as body of work is concerned, we may be looking at identical fucking matches, man. Neck and neck. I, I don't know. I don't know which match is better because they're easily two of the best tag team matches recently. That's I think pro wrestling has ever seen those two matches. Can't really gauge the one on the uh, all out show with the young bucks and the Lucha brothers, just because that was a steel cage match, just because that was a steel cage match. And neither one of these two matches I'm talking about were conducted in a steel cage match. But I mean, if those two matches are the top of tag team wrestling right now, I don't know how anybody's going to top those two matches. I, I, I don't. It's crazy. And we're about to get the Young Bucks versus FTR on Wednesday. Should be another barn burner of a match. It's a very hard discussion, man. I'll leave you guys with that one in the chat. 
Before the match even started, it just had a big, a big fight feel. It had a big fight feel. This has been brewing for, for months. We didn't know when this match was going to happen. Everybody thought it was going to happen at Revolution. Maybe the Bristols were going to come to AEW. Maybe it happens at Double or Nothing. People were thinking maybe it happens at Full Gear. And all these months and weeks went by and nothing. And then all of a sudden, when Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor, one of the first matches he announced for the show is FTR versus the Briscoes, and everybody was sold on this show with this match alone. It was a big fight feel. It felt like a big fight with the crowd fucking chanting, holy shit, before the bell even rung. These two teams just felt the energy there. They took it all in, and they gave us a performance of a lifetime, man. We got holy shit chance. We got fight forever chance. We got a fuck WrestleMania chant. We got a this is awesome chant. This match was everything you love about professional wrestling. Everything. And I know some of you guys look at the Briscoes, and my best friend Pete texted me tonight. He's like, the fuck is so special about these Briscoe guys, man? They look like, uh, they look like dweebs. I'm like, bro, you, I know you know who the Briscoes are. So don't tell me that they look like dweebs. They look like uh, trailer trash. These two guys, man, Mark and Jay Briscoe, you, you look at the Briscoes and you don't think that the Briscoes are, are going to do what they do. But the Briscoes, man, they're pulling out shit that you would not even think the Briscoes would pull out. You, you would look at the Briscoes and think that they're a, a, a ground and pound team, rough and tough, big power moves, fucking fists and elbows and just beat the shit out of you, fucking stomp a mud hole in you and walk it dry, right? Hurricanes, elbow drops, dives, moonsaults. Truly incredible, man, are the Briscoes. They are a team that really, you look at them on the surface, and you don't think they're really capable of what they're doing, but they do it. They do it. FTR, man, they're a gentleman's tag team. They always love to take advantage. They love and are very mindful of what's going on around them, old school, taking advantage of you in the most subtle ways, whether it's behind the referee's back or just outsmarting you right in front of your face. It's great. It really is great. This match was incredible. I urge you guys, if you did not order the show, order this show for this match alone. It will go down as maybe the best tag team match of the entire year, depending on what we see, because you know AEW and their tag team wrestling, man, we may see something that tops it. I don't want to say it's going to be the best tag team match of the year, because there's always something that could come along. But if this match is not in your top three at the end of the year, man, you have seriously missed out. Incredible. Fans are going crazy. They're 50-50 split for the Briscoes and FTR. We're going to speed it up here. I'm not, I'm not going to go through everything here because it's physically impossible for me to go through everything. Mark Briscoe at one point hit a throat thrust, locked in Wheeler with a headlock. Fans are chanting tag team wrestling during this match was another thing they chanted. Hardwood and Jay Briscoe came in. They didn't have to do anything to have fans going nuts. They met face-to-face in the middle of the ring, head-butted each other. And it was off to the races, man. Really good shit there. At one point, at one point, I believe Dax spit in Jay's face. He immediately dashed out of the ring and he walked around the ring with this prick-like smirk on his face, man. I'm like, oh, this is going to be where everything just falls apart and we just dive into chaos after that. The spit heard round the fucking state of Texas, man. Dax to Jay Briscoe. So, speeding it up here, 
Mark Briscoe killed Wheeler with several chops in the corner, hit a vertical brain buster for a two count. Wheeler hit a European uppercut on Mark Briscoe and was able to drag him back to his corner. Harwood hit some strikes in the corner. Double team now by FTR. Harwood and Mark Briscoe exchanged some chops. Briscoe was eventually getting the best of it. Harwood closed his fist, punched him right in the face. And the commentary team was kind of playing it off like Dax broke his hand by punching Mark so hard. So Wheeler tags in and Briscoes are being beaten down. They come back. They're they're maintaining this crazy pace throughout most of the match, these two teams. Jay Briscoe shoved Harwood off the top rope at one point. He went for a dive off the ropes. Harwood recovered and cut him off on the top rope before hitting a superplex. Fucking beautiful superplex off the top rope. Wheeler tagged in again, continued to beat on Jay Briscoe. Harwood flipped Briscoe off. Wheeler hit him with a back suplex. Mark Briscoe came in out of nowhere, ran wild, hitting suplexes on Harwood, sending Wheeler to the floor. Mark hit an iconoclasm for a two count. Harwood staggered, and Briscoe was hit with a right hand. Mark sent him into the ring post. He hit redneck boogie with Jay on Wheeler for a two count. FTR then hit a combo powerbomb and a splash for two. Hardwood was busted open at some point. I don't remember when. I don't remember how he got busted open. I initially thought Hardwood, when I saw Hardwood bleeding, I thought that he had Jay Briscoe's blood on his face. And he kind of smeared it as a sign of war during the match. I don't know. But I don't know where he got busted open. Briscoe's, they actually hit... FTR with their own finishing move. They hit Big Rig on FTR. Crowd went crazy. Two count. Wheeler hit a Tornado DDT on Mark Briscoe on the floor. Jay Briscoe came in, hit a Death Valley driver on Wheeler on the floor. Harwood and Jay Briscoe fought over a suplex on the apron, ending with Jay Briscoe hitting a fucking vertical suplex, and it was one of them big ones. Off the ring apron, to the floor, Dax and his body fucking splat on the mat outside. Everything came to a complete standstill at this point. Doc Sampson, the referee, comes over. He's checking on Dax. Cash is over there checking on Dax. The referee is checking on Dax. He says, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Who's tougher than Dax Harwood, man? Absolutely brutal spot. Mark and Jay Briscoe are both Wearing the crimson mask at this point. Dax is wearing the crimson mask. Blood everywhere. All four men in the middle of the ring. Big forearms. Crowd eating it up. Mark Briscoe dumped Wheeler to the floor. Hit a corkscrew senton over to the outside on the floor to Wheeler. Harwood and Jay were left in the ring. They're both covered in blood. They're still exchanging blows in the middle of the ring. Jay Briscoe hit a neck breaker on Harwood. Mark Briscoe hit the froggy elbow drop off the top rope. He goes for cover. Gets a two count. Briscoe's then called for a doomsday device. Harwood fought out of it. They dumped Jay Briscoe to the floor before hitting Big Rig on Mark Briscoe for the one, two, three, and FTR win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. FTR. They are the kings of the mountain now, man. They've held tag team gold in AAA. They've held tag team gold in NXT. They've held tag team gold in WWE. They've held tag team gold in AEW. And they've held tag team gold in Ring of Honor. 
One of the best tag teams of all time are FTR, man. Unbelievable match. At the end of the match, FTR, after all the shit talking, after blood being spilled, after the fucking brutality we saw tonight, they shook hands and they hugged twice. Both teams, incredible. Standing ovation by everybody in attendance. FTR went to the back. Fans were chanting, thank you, Briscoes. Thank you, Briscoes. Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson come out of nowhere and they attack the Briscoes from out of nowhere to a big reaction, super kicks. Dax Harwood is standing on the stage with cash. They run down, chase off the Young Bucks as they were about to deliver the Meltzer driver to one of the Briscoes. He gets on the microphone, does Dax challenge the Young Bucks to a match right there immediately after they just went 30 minutes with the Briscoes and even wanted to put the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships on the line against the Young Bucks. Young Bucks then refused the match, said that this match would take place on Wednesday. It sounds like it's better on Wednesday's Dynamite and not here. And they left Ring of Honor. We made this place. We started AEW. We came back and we bought Ring of Honor. FTR shook their head and promised to fight them and beat them on Wednesday. This match is going to be another incredible match for FTR, man. I can't wait till Wednesday. Wednesday is going to be so good on Dynamite. This match was fucking incredible. Go out and watch it any way you can. If you love tag team wrestling as much as I do, go out and watch it. Two of the very best in this industry, the Briscoes and FTR, man. Absolutely killed it. Absolutely killed it. I, I, I don't know what else. Everything you thought about this match, everything you wanted this match to be, they lived up to the hype and they blew it fucking out of the water, man. It exceeded everybody's fucking expectations and everybody's expectations were really fucking high just based off the two teams that were in this match. They blew it out of the water. Unbelievable. Minoru Suzuki. He went one-on-one with Rhett Titus for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. This was a quick one. Minoru Suzuki wins his first American championship here in the United States. And this was pretty much done in five minutes, man. Five minutes. I don't know what happened with Titus. I don't know if he was injured in this match or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe he was injured coming into it, but I expected a lot more out of this match, and it was basically the Suzuki show, and then they gave Suzuki the TV championship. That was it. Suzuki wrestled uh, Ishii earlier in the day, and now he's here to wrestle Rhett Titus tonight. So he's all over the place in Dallas, is Minoru Suzuki. They wasted no time. They were in the ring. They grappled. Some striking, Suzuki, Suzuki trapped the arm of Titus with an arm bar over the top rope, and then they go to the outside. Suzuki really didn't do much there, but he went back to Titus in the ring, and he started torturing him and beating him down in the ring. Suzuki had shot marks all over his chest. I'm assuming that was from earlier in the day when he wrestled, because he didn't really get any offense done to him in this match outside a couple of forearm shots. Titus hit a belly-to-belly suplex on Suzuki, pump kick in the corner, That was pretty much the offense for Titus here. Goes for a cover, gets a two-count. Suzuki started to laugh at Titus' offense. Drop kick by Titus. He tried to hit him with several forearms. Suzuki no-sold it. Hit the ropes. Suzuki ducked right behind into a rear naked choke. 
Gotch, Piledriver, and that was it. One, two, three, and Minoru Suzuki wins the Ring of Honor World Television Championship in rather quick fashion, man. I wasn't really familiar with Rhett Titus coming on in. I was familiar with Minoru Suzuki, but I was actually surprised that they gave Minoru Suzuki the Ring of Honor TV title. We don't know when the fuck he's going to be here, how often he's going to be here, but I guess they just wanted a feel-good moment. It hasn't happened for him in the United States, so I guess Tony Khan felt like, let's make some history. Let's add to your resume. You never won a championship in the United States. You're here tonight. We're going to give you the TV championship. Five minutes. Suzuki's the new TV champion. Wheeler Yuta. What a week Wheeler Yuta had, huh? He went one-on-one with Josh Woods for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. I did not know what the ruling was for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. So I had to look this up. So if anybody listening to me doesn't watch Ring of Honor, I, I wasn't a big Ring of Honor advocate back in the day. Now that Tony Khan is going to be running in his way, obviously I'm going to invest my time to see what Tony Khan does with it. I didn't know about the pure rules for the pure championship. So if you guys are listening for the first time, let me go over this with you. The pure rules are much different than a regular championship match. Each wrestler has three rope breaks to stop submission holds and pinfalls. After a wrestler exhausts all his rope breaks, submission and pin attempts on or under the ropes by the opponent are considered legal. No closed fist punches to the face are permitted. Open-handed slaps and chops to the face are permitted. And punches to the rest of the body are also allowed, excluding low blows. First use of a closed fist to the face receives a warning. Second use of a closed fist to the face results in a disqualification. The title can change hands on countout or disqualification as well. So, those are the pure rules for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. I guess that uh, is a little, a little different. It's a little different take on the traditional wrestling rules that we see with everything else. Uh, I'm not a big fan of specific rules for a specific championship, but to each his own. You guys may like it. I don't really care for the differentiating rules for this title compared to every other title. This match was another come down match for me. Uh, you know, after after what we saw with, uh, you know, FTR and the Briscoes, there was no fucking way anybody was going to follow what those two teams did. Suzuki won the title, the TV title in five minutes. This was another come down match. Wheeler Yuta, who's been featured on AEW Dynamite, has had a great week. He's been in the ring with Brian on Wednesday. Had a breakout performance against Brian Danielson. He's trying to get into the... Uh, the combat club, the, the Blackpool combat club there with William Regal, trying to prove his worth. He, he doesn't want to be just another best friend. So he's now here in Ring of Honor. He's challenging Josh Woods for the Pure Championship. Decent match. Woods is very good. Yuta is very good. It, it just did not get the type of crowd reaction that I expected for Wheeler Yuta following his breakout performance. On Wednesday's Dynamite, crowd was pretty quiet for most of this match. And then when the outcome came and Wheeler Yuta won the championship, they kind of woke up and, oh, shit, Wheeler Yuta just won the championship. But for the majority of this match, it almost seemed like the crowd in Texas tonight 
at Supercard did not care about anything that these two guys were doing. So Yuta, right away, right at the top, and I guess this was the story of the match because he's the newcomer. He didn't really, he didn't really, I guess, take the rules into consideration, or maybe it slipped his mind. He, he was forced into a submission and forced himself to the ropes, and he's already got one against him now. He's only got three times to break the ropes, to break the hold on the rope. We get a rope break. He's already got one in the first, like, minute. So he's now down to only two. So Yuta went for a trip up. Woods took Yuta and put him in a move. Yuta reversed and grapevined Woods' leg. Woods slipped out. Yuta slipped out of Woods going for a cradle with a grapevine. Both men went back and forth here, exchanging holds for the next couple of minutes. Woods worked over the arm on Yuta, wrenching the wrist and hitting a big shoulder block a couple of times on Yuta's shoulder. Yuta hit some forearms to Woods, and Woods hit uppercuts right to Yuta's injured arm, so that was the story for the match for uh, Josh Woods here. Woods ended the exchange with an open-hand palm strike to Yuta. That dropped Yuta down to the mat. Woods and Yuta exchanged forearms again. Yuta and Woods start to pick up the pace here. Inzuguri to Woods. Huge flying forearm on Woods, who rolled to the floor. Yuta hit a dive to the floor, dropped Woods again. Yuta went for a dive off the top rope onto Woods, who then countered with a flying knee to Yuta. He goes for a quick cover, only gets a two count. Woods hit a German suplex on Yuta and went for a TKO, but Yuta blocked it. Woods kicked Yuta. Yuta rebounded off the ropes into a German suplex of his own. Woods comes back, hits his own spiral suplex into the turnbuckle. Yuta got his foot on the ropes, which was the final time that Yuta could break a hold via the rope. So after an exchange of pinfalls back and forth, Yuta was able to counter Woods and score a pinfall out of nowhere. Shock victory for Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta is the new Ring of Honor pure champion. And the crowd was shocked, just like I was. Like, holy shit. Out of nowhere, Wheeler Yuta just won his first major championship in North America. And he's had a great week. So, I know a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people complaining when I had posted a tweet about Wheeler Yuta winning the Pure Championship. That makes Wheeler Yuta the new Pure Champion, Mercedes Martinez the new interim women's champion, and we have FTR, the new Ring of Honor tag team champions. And a lot of people were complaining, oh, AEW is coming over and taking over Ring of Honor. There's no difference between AEW and Ring of Honor now. AEW is going to be flooding Ring of Honor television. If AEW is, you know, Budweiser, Ring of Honor is going to be Bud Light. Or whatever fucking comparison you want to make. And I'm asking myself, you're lucky you even have a fucking Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor could have easily just stayed dead. Tony Khan wanted to revitalize it and bring it back to life and, and make it what you guys want it to be. You're lucky you even got this fucking show tonight and you're complaining about people like Wheeler Yuta getting an opportunity on Ring of Honor television, winning a Ring of Honor pure championship. This is the type of fucking guy in Wheeler Yuta that you want on Ring of Honor. Why are you complaining about that? Mercedes Martinez is a veteran of 20 years. You don't want that type of veteran on your roster? I I thought somebody with that type of veteran status would get respected. And then FTR, who is ever going to complain 
about FTR holding your brand's tag team championships when your tag team championships are held by one of the best teams on the face of the fucking planet. I don't get what people want. Wheeler Yuta winning the Pure Championship seemed to signal that, oh, it's just AEW showing them who's boss. Tony Khan is the boss. This is his show. It's his brand. He can run it however he wants, and he can book it however he wants. Wheeler Yuta deserves an opportunity. He was given an opportunity. He's going to continue getting opportunities, and now he's your new Pure Champion. I think it's great. This is the type of guy that the new Ring of Honor is made for. He's not going to have a huge role on Dynamite. You're lucky you get to see Wheeler Yuta fucking once, twice a month. Now he's the new pure champion of Ring of Honor. You're only getting Wheeler Yuta now more on television because of Ring of Honor. Jonathan Gresham. He went one-on-one with Bandito. This is for the undisputed Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. This is legitimately something that I was looking forward to because I was always very interested in what Bandito offered. I thought Bandito and what he brings to the table is really something special. Same thing with Jonathan Gresham. And Jonathan Gresham's been in the rumor mill about where is he going next? Is he going to be with Ring of Honor? Is he going to drop the title tonight to Bandito? Is he going to sign with AEW? We didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. All I know is Jonathan Gresham is one of the best wrestlers on the face of the earth. Highly regarded. Everybody loves what he does. Similarities to your Danielsons and guys like that. Dream matches out the ass with Gresham and AEW. I, I, I hear it all. I see it all. The match started off slow. Started off slow. Chavo Guerrero was out there with Bandito. There was a pre-match interview with Denise Shilcito out there. I love that Ian Riccoboni botched her name, which was LOL for me. She interviewed Bandito and Chavo Guerrero, and Bandito specifically told Chavo Guerrero, do not cheat. I don't want any cheating. Chavo, obviously, is a Guerrero. He's going to do whatever has to uh, be done to get the victory, and he's like, all right, yes, the Guerrero family, they are uh, known for their sly tactics and their uh, their cheap ways. So I will promise you, I will not help you cheat to win this match. I will be out there in your corner because I want you to retain that Ring of Honor World Championship. Fine. He's out there. Tony Khan and Chavo Guerrero also have been going back and forth. There was a big deal about Chavo not joining AEW or Chavo being taken off the AEW roster page. I don't know if it was something that was legit or if it was a complete work or a shoot. I, I, I don't know. All of a sudden, Chavo Guerrero is now working with Ring of Honor, so I'm assuming him and Tony Khan squashed whatever was going on, on social media, and Chavo Guerrero was offered a spot here with Ring of Honor. Fun. So these guys are out there, and it started off slow, and Shane wrestling to start. It built up. The one thing I loved about this match was the pacing of this match. Man, whoever produced this match, and I'd love to know who produced this match, or most of these matches for that case, because the show up and down was really good. The match itself, the way the match flowed, the way the match was produced and laid out, the reason why we got, the ending was fucking incredible. 
The ending of this match was incredible, and it was all because of the pacing of this match. The ending of this match doesn't happen unless the pacing of the match was exactly the way you got it tonight. They slow burned it. If I could put it in a a good way for you guys to understand, it's like these guys were... It's like these guys were in the right lane going 50 miles an hour, five miles under the speed limit, right? Here in New Jersey, when I go to Atlantic City, it's, uh, what is it, 65 miles an hour. Some, most highways in New York are 55 miles an hour speed limit. When I drive to Long Island to go see family, I am doing 55 because everybody drives like a fucking maniac. These guys went from 55 miles an hour to 120 miles an hour by the last four or five minutes of this match. The, the way that the pacing was in this match was fantastic because the way that they paced it, it made you appreciate the ending all that much more. And I absolutely loved what they did here. So Gresham was able to take Bandito down and he was showing off. And obviously Gresham, as big as he is, right? He's a small guy. He's not uh, overwhelmingly large, but he's a fucking brick shithouse. Bandito is pretty fucking built himself. So, Bandito was able to get up every single time after Gresham was able to take him down whenever he wanted. So, they exchanged and both men faced off again. Gresham went for a Kimura. Bandito shoved Gresham into the ropes. Gresham did a Lucha arm drag on Bandito, which is great because he can work all these different styles, does Gresham. Psyched him out, and he was just kind of playing games with him. Bandito hit a knee strike, a Rana, a drop kick, faked out Gresham himself, kind of throwing it back in Gresham's face. Gresham dropkicked Bandito off the apron, sent him to the floor. Gresham worked over the arm of Bandito, right into a cross face. Bandito made it to the ropes. Bandito did a surfboard stretch on Gresham, but Gresham, which was, i never seen this before, used his leg muscles to sit back on Bandito out of a surfboard stretch and get into a pin attempt from a surfboard stretch. Awesome stuff. I've never seen that before. So we get that, and Bandito makes it to the ropes, and Gresham is transitioning into an octopus stretch. Gresham was able to lock on a, a, a brutal submission hold here. Bandito managed to fight out, hit a corkscrew body press, and then a deadlift vertical suplex. The corkscrew body press off the top rope was a thing of beauty. Then he picks up Gresham, does Bandito. In a vertical suplex, the old school vertical suplex where, you know, the guy holds him up and he waits about 10 seconds and then he lets all the blood rush to his head and then drops him down. Bandito did and executed the longest vertical suplex that I've ever seen in my entire life ever watching a professional wrestling show. He held Gresham up with one arm and with the other arm counted to 60 with his fingers, and the crowd counted along up until 60, with Bandito dropping him as soon as he got to 60, all the blood rushing to his head. Gresham, at this point, his body was drenched in sweat. He was laid out on the mat. He sold it beautifully. Unbelievable. 60-second delayed vertical suplex by Bandito on Jonathan Gresham. Crowd went crazy. Gresham and Bandito, they're back up, they're exchanging chops. Gresham hit a lariat that dropped Bandito, turned him inside out. Gresham hit a straight jack and suplex on Bandito for a two count. Inziguri snapped suplex again for a two count. He started going at Bandito with some straight fists. Then he transitioned into a cross face again. 
Bandito didn't get the change to uh, make it to the ropes, and Gresham pulled him back and locked on yet another octopus stretch. So we're going to uh, speed it up here. Chavo Guerrero got involved. Gresham went for a dive on the floor on Bandito. Chavo Guerrero shoved him out of the way, which Bandito protested. Bandito hit a vertical suplex in the ring, bridged into a two-count, and then followed by a shining wizard for a two-count. So that was number one, Chavo Guerrero interfering. Both men in the middle of the ring now. Gresham accidentally hit the referee. He fell into the turnbuckle. He had his back turned to what was about to happen. Chavo Guerrero threw the Ring of Honor World Championship at Jonathan Gresham as he bounced off the ropes, hit him right in the head. Bandito saw it all, and he explained to the referee that Chavo cheated. He tried to cheat to help me win. He pretty much ratted on his own corner man, and the referee threw Chavo Guerrero out of the ringside area, and the match continued. Never seen that before either. Somebody had pretty much the match given to them, and he said, no, 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 I don't want that. The code of honor exists, folks. The code of honor is a real thing. So Chavo Guerrero is now gone. Bandito hit a pop-up cutter on Gresham for a one-two, close two count. Gresham countered a suplex, went for a bridge, got a near fall there. Bandito kicked out, hit a super kick, and a Fosbury flop on the outside. He hit a suplex, but Gresham kicked out. Bandito super kicked Gresham twice, hit a third. Gresham countered with a springboard moonsault and then into a cradle pinfall for a near fall. Gresham grabbed the microphone, and he wins the match off the cradle. He's elated. Everybody's cheering for him. And Jonathan Gresham is the new Ring of Honor undisputed world heavyweight champion. All of a sudden, before Gresham even says what he wants to say, Jay Lethal is out there. He interrupts him and walks out saying that Gresham wanted to send everyone home happy. But listen, I made your career. I aided you to get where you are today. And he says that he would love to be challenged or he would love to challenge Jonathan Gresham and be the first guy to challenge him for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Gresham said lethal had changed and acted without honor, and you changed. I I don't know if I could really deliver on what you want here. Lethal said no one would know who Gresham was if it wasn't for him, and Sanjay Dutt ran out there again to try and break them apart because they got into a shoving match. They started to eventually get down into a brawl, and then all of a sudden Dutt turned around after trying to break it up and attacked Jonathan Gresham, this became a two-on-one attack. Lee Moriarty came out to make the save. He got taken out. Lethal then grabbed the Ring of Honor World Championship, posed with them. All of a sudden, we hear that familiar theme and those sounds. I'm like, here he is, here he is. And all of a sudden, Samoa Joe walks out. He's got the towel over his head. He walks out calmly, and the crowd fucking erupts. Erupts Samoa Joe's return to Ring of Honor. Samoa Joe is all elite. Jay Lethal, who was the mentor to Jonathan Gresham, and Joe was the mentor to Jay Lethal. Samoa Joe choked out Sanjay Dutt, faced off with Lethal, who looked shocked on the outside of the ring to see Samoa Joe back in Ring of Honor. 
That's the way the show went off the air. I'm telling you, man, like I said at the top, this was, this felt like, you know, and, and I know, you know, listen, I, I have a, a, a fucking, a love for what Paul Levesque did with NXT. He turned NXT into pretty much what Ring of Honor should have been. He turned it into a super indie. NXT's dead now. NXT 2.0 to me doesn't exist. Paul of X, Triple H will, uh, Paul of X, NXT, Triple H's NXT will always exist. This reminded me so much of what we missed all these months gone by. Ring of Honor was never the same. Pandemic killed Ring of Honor. Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, and he's going to use Ring of Honor in a way that is very similar to what NXT 1.0 was. This was an incredible show. Tony Khan took Ring of Honor and he gave you the Ring of Honor that you loved, remembered, and want to see. It is going to be a a, a developmental. It's going to be a feeder system. It's going to be a foundation to make AEW better than it is now. But Tony Khan is going to pay and give it just as much attention as anything else because anything that that man attaches his name to is going to be quality. And what you got tonight was one hell of a fucking show. One hell of a show. Everything you loved about Ring of Honor, man, it was rolled up into one big ball this WrestleMania weekend, and it is something that is truly going to be remembered for a long time. And this is a new era. There's no better way to start this new era for Ring of Honor than what we saw tonight. And if I could make a, a suggestion for Tony Khan and Ring of Honor, man, you know, like NXT was to the main roster, I said this in the beginning of the stream. Like Tony Khan was, uh, like uh, NXT was to WWE. NXT TakeOver was attached to the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Ring of Honor needs to be attached to a double or nothing. Ring of Honor needs to be attached to a all-out. Ring of Honor needs to be attached to a full gear, Revolution. It needs to be that accompanying show to every every major AEW pay-per-view. That's what I want to say. Make it a destination weekend, man. Dynamite, Rampage, Ring of Honor, and AEW. These may be the best shows that we see all year. He absolutely killed it tonight. Killed it. FTR and the Briscoes may be match of the year. Maybe tag team match of the year. One of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. Lived up to the hype in every sense of the word. Crowd loved every bit of it. Memorable. Be talked about for ages. And Tony Khan's first venture with Ring of Honor, man. Guy deserves a fucking handshake and a shot of whiskey. He absolutely killed it tonight, and everybody should be fucking elated with what Tony Khan presented to all of you tonight on pay-per-view. Thank you guys very much for all your support, man. We're going to go over the Super Chats right now. And then I am going to head out of here, and I'm going to get myself some rest because I got... NXT stand and delivered tomorrow afternoon. But thank you guys for joining me on this off the script post show, man. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Shout out to my boy Mike Will87, who made me a last minute thumbnail. Salrex is out of action for a little bit. Shout out to him, man, coming in with the clutch thumbnail all weekend for Ring of Honor, NXT, and WrestleMania. Hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 
40 likes to go. 39, 38 likes to go. Before we get to 1,000. If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, man, hit that thumbs up. 1,000 minimum is the goal. Get your super chats in. Get your memberships in. Join the VIP club here on OTS. You guys can sit right back there with me, man. What are you drinking, man? I'm taking some whiskey tonight. I'm excited. Let's start at the top. We got Real Metalhead starting the stream off before I even said a fucking word with a $100 super chat. Thank you, brother. Always looking forward to the videos. I will take a crown apple, please. Hope to meet you one day and drink some cold beverages. Shout out to you, man. Crown apple on me all night, bro. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. FTR versus the Briscoes and Jonathan Gresham Bandito matches of the night. I agree. Like I said, man, that Jonathan Gresham and Bandito match, the way it built up, the slow pace that we saw and the buildup that we saw and the pace that they, they had, it all played a factor into them going 1,000 miles an hour towards the end of that match. It was incredible. For the love of wrestling with a $5 super chat. Damn good pay-per-view tonight. Just supporting my favorite JD, the wrestling messiah. Thank you so much, brother. MK Kratos with a $5 super chat. Call the cops. Them boys in FTR stole the whole damn show tonight. Bro, listen, man. They, they may have stolen the whole fucking weekend. It may be the match of the weekend. Thank you guys for a thousand likes, man. I appreciate you. Phil Newton with a 499 Super Chat. Ring of Honor pay-per-view is what WrestleMania should be. As for Jesse, it should be five out of five tacos. By the way, I want a blue moon with an orange. You got it, Philip. Listen, man. Uh, we can shit on WrestleMania all we want. You can't really compare Ring of Honor Supercard to WrestleMania. But yes, Tony Khan is uh, pretty much in the mindset of, you know what? Fuck your WrestleMania. I'm going to show you how it's done. R.D. Alcorn with a 1999 Super Chat. Hey, J.D., just want to say thanks for everything you do. I've been a fan since 2017, and you've helped me through the toughest years of my life. Keep up the great work, bro. Thank you so much, R.D. I appreciate you, brother. Always going to be here, man. We ain't going anywhere. I haven't even reached the tippity top yet. JLD with a $50 super chat. JLD, you fucking beast. People can hate on Tony Khan all they want, he says, but he continues to make professional wrestling newsworthy. That he does, man. TK deserves a handshake and a round of whiskey, man. Whatever he's drinking. Matt Eagle, 199 super chat. I pray that TK can get... Ring of Honor, a proper TV deal ASAP. Me too, bro. If Ring of Honor gets a TV show, man, we got more content on the channel. And we got another night of professional wrestling that will ultimately just make us happy and forget Friday night, which I heard tonight, SmackDown was atrocious. I feel bad for the Solomon's, man. He actually covered the SmackDown and Rampage show instead of watching Ring of Honor. I may have to have a word with him at the next House of Glory show. 
World of Wrestling with a $5 Super Chat. And this just in our good old buddy Bruce is stepping down from Executive Creative. This was from Dave Meltzer, April Fools, LOL. Bro, please don't play with my heartstrings like that, man. I fucking hate April Fools. I really do. I really do wish that was the case. Dr. Strangelove with a $2 Super Chat. Great show. Also, 1970s Al Pacino was untouchable. Al Pacino's a fucking beast, bro. He's a savage. Randy B with a $5 Super Chat. Tony Khan ran two different shows on two different promotions and both were bangers. Promoter of the year for third year, indeed. Keep up the good work, JD. OTS for life. Thank you, Randy B. I hope Tony Khan doesn't wear himself thin, man, but tonight was a great start to Ring of Honor. And it looks like what we're seeing on Ring of Honor will bleed over into AEW Dynamite, which is always a great thing. Israel becomes a member for 11 months. Thank you, Israel. I'm glad you covered this pay-per-view, JD. It's bad. It's too bad I missed the show. Is one of the Briscoes with Red Velvet? Which one? I, I, I don't think she's with one of the Briscoes, bro. I, I think it's somebody else. I'm not really sure. If anybody can uh, fill me in on that. And if he is, good for him. She's a beautiful woman. Marcus Thomas with a $5 Super Chat. The Briscoes versus FTR was a five-star match in person. The best match I've ever seen at a wrestling event. The energy was just incredible for that match. Marcus, I I felt it on TV, bro. I felt it on TV, man. You guys absolutely killed it in that venue tonight. Eddie Hazard with an eight-month membership. Thank you, brother. FTR versus Briscoes is the best American tag team wrestling match since the Young Bucks versus Hangman Omega at Revolution 2020. I was on my feet most of the match. It's going to be tough to compare the two, man. I'd have to go back and watch that one again. I'd have to go back and watch that uh, Bucks-Hangman-Omega match. That, That was incredible. Jose Jacob with a $5 super chat. Just back, just got back from the show in Garland. Amazing show. Where do them boys go from here? I don't know, man, but I think we need to start talking about getting them on AEW Dynamite. I think the Warner executives, the Time Warner executives need to let them get on AEW Dynamite, man. And man of a thousand holds. Man of a thousand and five holds. Eight-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment to the VIP club, bro. Good luck to them boys and other tag teams this weekend. TK knows what he's doing. This is all good for wrestling. FTR and them boys killed it. Future is bright. Indeed it is, man. Tag team wrestling is fucking thriving. Everywhere but WWE. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. I'm about to get out of here, man. Jesse was so excited he didn't even bother show up to the venue tonight. Had fucking Otis, my bouncer, serving drinks, man. Gonna have to have a word with this fucking guy when I get him on Wednesday night. Or maybe Hulugrim was serving drinks, man. I don't know. 
Whatever mods were in the chat, those were the people serving drinks, man. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you stopping by tonight, man. We had a blast. Ring of Honor is back. Tony Khan leading the charge. Incredible show tonight. Like I said, similarities to the old NXT TakeOver model and what Triple H used to do, man. We may get, for everybody that is sad and upset about NXT dying, Tony Khan may be bringing it back with Ring of Honor, man. Ring of Honor may be taking back its glory days that Triple H took from them. How the world works in such weird ways, man. Follow me on social media, guys. JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. I will be live tomorrow afternoon for NXT Stand and Deliver. And then we'll be live again for WrestleMania Night 1. It's going to be a busy day, guys. Get your rest. It's going to be a busy one. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Thank you guys for the super chats. Continue to become VIPs. Hit the join button. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. I'll see you guys tomorrow for uh, NXT Stand and Deliver, guys. But before I get out of here, I need two things from you. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, those Mustangs, if you got them, those Mustang emojis. And I need that music on max. Thank you guys very much. TK killed it tonight with Ring of Honor. And I'll see you guys tomorrow for NXT and night one of WrestleMania 38. I'll see you guys later.